You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Good to, good to see a few faces, which is kind of a rare commodity now with everything going on. I'm so excited to be able to come and to share with you as we continue on with our series of uh, being resilient. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about the fight for purpose. I think one of the things that we're all challenged with is almost in some ways rediscovering what purpose is in life. And the big idea that I want to give for us this morning to look at is that your purpose empowers your persistence. Your purpose empowers your persistence. And lastly, don't quit. Don't stop. The only difference between success and failure is that you tried one more time. And I'm so happy to be able to come and to continue, as I said, with this series about being a resilient follower of Jesus. And I've I've been so encouraged to uh, continue to read through the book that we are looking at, basing our series out of in 1 Peter. Uh, And I hope that if you haven't picked up one of the resilient cards that has a reading plan, uh, I really want to strongly encourage you to do that because this is a powerful book, I believe particularly in the time in which we live in. And uh, I've so enjoyed uh, reading through that. You know, one of the the symbols that we have used have been that of a bonsai tree. You've heard Doug, when he opened this series, talk about uh, the bonsai tree that survived the bomb and all the different things. And I was doing a little bit of reading about bonsai trees. I don't know a lot about them. I've always admired them. Uh, I thought they were really beautiful plants. And... um, But one note that I I learned this week was the key to the longevity of a bonsai tree is the care of its environment. And today I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what do we need to have in our life? What needs to be a part of our life in order for us to truly be able to fulfill God's purpose in our life. Our theme verse is found in 1 Peter 1, 7, and it says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And though your faith is far more than precious, or far more uh, precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you to much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole earth. So the issue is, it's not a matter of if we are gonna go through trials, but it's when we're gonna go through trials. Is that not true? How many of y'all going through a trial right now? You know, even on those that are listening online, you probably can raise your hand. All of us are in many different levels. But I love Peter's goal here. As he wrote this letter, he was trying to remind them that they are in a battle to find their purpose. They're in a battle to discover the will of God. And when I speak of purpose, uh, that can mean a lot of different things to different people. But purpose really speaks of why you're on the planet. You're not just taking up 
a, a space on this planet and breathing its oxygen, but there is a purpose and there's a plan for you. And when we speak of purpose, uh, it could be what are your aspirations? What is your destiny? What is your purpose? And I believe that when you become a follower of Jesus, you begin the journey on discovering what your purpose is. Now, God takes all our, our environment, our gifts, and our abilities, but there's nothing better than fulfilling and finding out what your purpose is in life. I love the verse of scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, when it says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, uh, to prosper you and not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. That's what God has for every one of us. It's not for bad things to happen to you, but the plans that God has for you are to give you a future and a hope. I believe it is the driving force behind each one of us as we seek to find the motivation to live every, life, every day of life and to live it to its fullest. So God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. In order for us to discover our purpose, we have to be committed to stand in faith when we go through trials. We have to be resilient. I, I love that word resilient. Uh, and it's really two different definitions that I want to look at real quick. And we'll make reference to this. But first of all, it speaks of resilient of that of a person. Let's read the definition there. It says, it's a person's ability to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions, to be strong, to be tough under difficult circumstances. We've had a lot of opportunity, haven't we, as people to bounce back when times get tough. The second definition speaks of more of a substance or an object, and it means the ability to recall or to spring back into shape after bending, stretching, or being compressed to be flexible or to be pliable. Have we not had to learn what it means to be flexible and pliable? But these things talk about us being resilient. And whether it's a person or it's a substance, it has certain qualities that gives it the ability to bounce back under tough or difficult conditions or circumstances. We are entering into what is the 16th month of COVID and uh, its impact upon our life. And I, I thank God for the advancements that we have made. But it has been a great time of testing over all of us. There's never been a pandemic. There's never been an event uh, other than World War II that literally has touched the entire globe like this has. All of us have suffered loss of some kind. It may be the loss of finances, the loss of relationships. We have missed birthday parties. We've missed weddings. We've missed the, the birth of children, grandchildren. And some in our community have even been absent with the loss of a loved one. It's been a difficult, difficult time. Our lives have been interrupted. We couldn't travel. We couldn't go to places. And because of all that we gone, we've gone through, I believe for us, and I, I'll speak for me, really trying to grasp again what my purpose is in life was a challenge. 
because I couldn't do what I knew that what God called me to do. Working in the inner city, we had to close down programs. Uh, what I do, uh, getting to be uh, work against human trafficking in Southeast Asia. I usually spend a month and a half out of every year in, in Southeast Asia. I haven't been able to travel and to go and to continue work. Our lives were interrupted. But today, I want to look at some things of how we can rediscover, or if you're a a new believer, or if you're a a spiritual investigator, uh, the only way you're really going to find true purpose is by overcoming, by fighting the fight to find your purpose. 1 John 3, 8 says this, that the Son of God appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. That's what Jesus has already purchased. He's already provided for every one of us, everything we need to have in our lives to overcome. But the first battle I want us to look at is the battle to find. All this is based in 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 1 through 19. We won't be able to read all those verses. But the first thing I want us to look at, it is the battle to find. 1 Peter 4, 1 says this. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same purpose. Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So there's a conflict, there's a a battle that's going on for us to be able to discover what our purpose is. Now, it's interesting, and I know I'm using strong language like battle and fight, but that really is what describes what we're in. We're in a fight. We're in a fight, and you have to look at it like that. What's interesting is in that that verse that we see there in 1 Peter 4, 1, it's the word arm. Now, the original language of what the New Testament was written in, it was a, a language called Greek. It was in Greek language. It's a very colorful, very beautiful language. But that word arm literally in the original language means to make ready or to equip. Now, it comes from a Greek word that's written there, that H-O-P-L-O-N, hoplon, I guess is how you say it. But it literally means instruments to make war. And it underlies the truth to us that God always gives us the resources that we need to be able to fight every spiritual battle. Amen? He gives us everything. It's there for us, but he's telling us, arm yourselves. And that's what I want to encourage you today, to arm yourselves with prayer, arm yourselves with the word of God, arm yourself with the love of brothers and sisters to help encourage you to find your purpose. But we have to arm ourselves. This next point I want to make here is that we have to make a choice to live for God. In verses two down through six, it talks about the struggle that we go through, particularly in verse three, it talks about Uh, What are the lust of the flesh of what the Gentiles would follow into? The Gentiles really speaks to those that have not yet come to a saving knowledge, if you will, or a following knowledge of who God is. But it says in verse three, for the time has already passed, it's sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles, the unbelievers. They pursued every course of sensuality, of lust, of drunkenness, of carousing, of drinking parties, of all types of abominable idolatries. In all of this, they are surprised that you do not run with them to do the same excesses. 
And so he talks about here that we have to make a choice that we are not going to live according to the flesh. Now, when I looked at some of the description of some of the things the Gentiles did, I am guilty. I have done some of those things. Don't look at me like that. You know you have too. Many of you have. Maybe, maybe some of you haven't. But all of us have a past. But the first thing that we have to do is that we have to learn to overcome the flesh if we are going to fulfill our purpose. And in that, I make this statement. Human lust will keep you away from discovering the purpose of God for your life. The pursuits of earthly pleasure of those things. There are legitimate needs that we have in our lives, but yet we try to meet legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. But we have to make a choice. This third point that I wanna make under this on finding your purpose is that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us, you, me, to overcome. And I just wanna tell a story. I can remember uh, back in 1986. Now, I know some of y'all may not have been born in 1986, but in 1986, at that time in my life, I had graduated from college. I actually have a business degree. I did not want to be in the ministry. My dad was a pastor and he was a teacher, but I had no desire to be in ministry. And I just wanted to make money. I had my Jaguar picked out of what I wanted, you know, and yet God interrupted my life and I ended up giving my life to ministry. Uh, just that's what my pursuit was. And so I was about six years into that profession of working in churches. I was raised what was called Southern Baptist. So that was my roots. And uh, I was at a church in Austin, Texas, about the third largest church in Austin. And by all uh, of the world standards or church standards, I should say, I was living or having a very successful career. I was in a large church, making good money, uh, had great opportunity, and yet in the midst of that, I was still struggling so much as a leader with some of these lusts. I was struggling. And I remember, you know, I'm a really kind of a really honest person and and I really just got so desperate. And, you know, in that day and time, we would teach people that what's important is for you to have a time every day to spend time with God and to pray and to read. And we would challenge our young people and our adults to take 15 or 30 minutes and spend time alone with God. And, and that is something that really does help us to overcome the flesh. But I really got to a point when I was desperate and I was ready to quit. I was done. I was tired of feeling like I was a hypocrite. I was telling people to do stuff that in my own life I struggled with. And I can remember, you ever been there? You ever been in those places where you say, God, I just want to quit. I'm done. I'm done. And I can remember praying and asking God, saying, God, if you don't show me that there's more, I'm done. I'm leaving the ministry. And I can remember through some circumstances and situation, I got invited to go hear a gentleman named Clark Wooden. And, and I remember he did a, a, a series. It was a night meetings that we had during the week. And he began to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, as a, a Southern Baptist, I had known about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit was the one that showed me who Jesus was. The word would say that it would convict me of my sin. It would show me my need. And that's what happened to all of us, is that we had a moment. Mine was at 18 years old when I saw my need for Christ to come into my life because I couldn't be good enough. And I asked Jesus to come in my life. So I was a believer. I was a follower. And yet in the midst of that, uh, as we learned about the Holy Spirit, he drew us to salvation. He sealed us to salvation. And then we didn't talk about him. We didn't talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. And yet we pray in the name of what? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yet we never talk about him. We never talk about what he does in our life. And Clark began to lead us through saying, this is how the New Testament church acted. You look in the books of Acts and he just went through and just said, this is what happens when people are empowered with the Holy Spirit. And we see it from Acts chapter one, 3,000 people getting saved. People hearing the gospel, the truth of God in their own language and just supernatural things. And the church was exploding in activity. And I can remember coming to a time in my life when he invited us to come down. And he says, if you want to receive the person of the Holy Spirit, I already had the Holy Spirit in my life because I asked Jesus but if you really want to come and receive the person of the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to come down. I came down to an altar similar to this. And I remember saying, Holy Spirit, I receive you in my life. I acknowledge you. It's almost as if when you got saved or you got born again that you moved into a house with the Holy Trinity. With the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we knew who the Father was because for God so loved us that he gave his only son. We knew who Jesus was. But the Holy Spirit was kind of kept in a room and we never let him out. We never even acknowledged him. And all I can say is, is when I came and received the person of the Holy Spirit, it was as if I had a new salvation experience. My life radically changed where I used to struggle to be able to read God's word for 15 minutes or 30 minutes, I would find myself waking up at 3.30 and four o'clock in the morning and I would start reading the word of God and I would read it until I had to go to work at nine because it was, it was just so different. It was as if I went from black and white TV to color TV. Some of y'all know what that means. Or I went from analog to digital. I went to 4K or whatever K it is now. You know, everything came alive. And it was in that that I want to share with you some scriptures that really does line up with making the choice to live for God. Finding my purpose found in Romans chapter 8 verses 5 through 8 and then verses 13 through 14. Scripture says this, for those who are according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, and that's capital S, that means their things are on the things of God, of the spirit, these, they set their, th their, their minds on the things of the spirit, the things of the spirit. The mind set on the flesh, it is death. So it's not going to produce anything in our life that's going to give any fruit. 
it is death. When our minds are set upon the things of the flesh. But the mind that is set on the spirit, it is life and peace. I mean, it doesn't even sound like a difficult choice. Death, life, and peace. But listen to this. Verse 7 says this. Because the mind that is set upon the flesh, it is hostile toward God, for it does not even subject itself to the love of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh, they cannot please God. There's two words in those verses that I want to look at. First of all, it's the word hostile. That word literally means to fight against. It actually means, and would give you a word picture, that you get into the boxing ring with God. Anybody ever stepped in that ring? Try to fight against God? I know I have. There's been times in my life where I'm going to do my own will. Guess who wins? It ain't us. It's very bad English, but it makes the point. It's not us. It means to stand and to oppose the purpose of God. When my mind is set on the flesh, and then the word subject is a very interesting word in the Greek because in the Greek language is somewhat complicated because an action can be performed on someone, an action can be performed against you. You hear what I'm saying? And the third voice is what they call it, is that you perform the action on yourself to subject. In other words, see, legalism will tell you, will try to make you subject yourself to God. Husband and wives, you know, when it says that your wife is to subject herself to you, you ever try to make her do that? It doesn't work, does it? It's a choice. It's a choice. But let me read this, verse 13. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. See, it's not talking about physical death there. You must die to your choice to live according to the flesh. But if by the Spirit, this is the, the, the word that just helped me so much. If by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live for all that are being led by the sons of God, or by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. That word son there means to be a fully mature son and daughter of the Lord God. But do you see the opposition that is there? But the Holy Spirit, I can remember saying, Holy Spirit, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. But Holy Spirit, would you help me today to overcome areas in my life? And I want you to know, when that began to take place in my life, my life began to change. Because it wasn't just about my discipline. It wasn't just about my will, but it was about the Holy Spirit giving me power. So that is the battle to find. We just have a few minutes here. I've got two more points. And the next one is the battle to keep. We see that in 1 Peter 7, verse 11. I love this passage of scripture. And let me just make this, uh, this one comment that true maturity in God is not based on independence, but it's on dependency in God. In verse 7, it says this, the end of all things is near, but it says to be of sound judgment, sound mind, be sober of spirit in prayer. And then it goes on in verses 8 down through 11, it says, 
Be fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Be kind, be hospitable to one another. Use the special gift that has been given to each one of you. Every single one of you have a gift. Every single one of you have something to give in the body of Christ. But it says, employ it, put it to work in serving one another as stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. And let me just say this about that word, multifaceted. It's a word that means many colors. So if you're an artist, you're a painter, you can do beautiful work if all you have is black paint. We've all seen that. People that have done a monochrome painting, it's very beautiful. But how much more beautiful is it when you have at your choice many colors? And so in this room, there's individuals. Every one of you have a gift. Every one of you have a color that you get to allow to paint what God can do. And what we do in community is we bring together our giftings, our callings, our purposes that God has given us. And all of us get to portray who God is. Isn't that wonderful? That you're special. There's the multifold grace of God, multifaceted. The grace of God is the empowerment of God for you to fulfill your purpose. So in order for us to keep in the fight, we have to be a person of prayer. We have to love one another, be kind and serve one another and share your, your, your gift with, uh, with others in excellence. We need each other to win. And the last point, and I'll just make reference because uh, we're, we're almost out of time here, is found in 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 19, and it's the battle to continue. And it says, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that you're going to have for your testing to the degree that you share in his sufferings. You will also rejoice in the revelation, the understanding of who God is. And you can rejoice in that and you can even be overjoyed in that. So in the midst of trials, all those things. And then it says, if you're insulted for my name's sake that you're gonna be blessed. The spirit of glory will rest upon you. And I will close with two verses of scripture that I love to share. James chapter one, verses two through three, and it says this, to consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce endurance. The way that we win the battle of continuing in the discovery of our purpose is by us pursuing and maintaining and getting endurance in our, in our life. It goes on in verse four, it says, and let endurance have its perfect result that you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's what God's word says for us. Not that I ever believe that we will attain to perfection on this side of heaven, but there's a time when we will be perfected in that. The last verse that I'll share is in Hebrews 10, verses 35 to 36. And it says, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have the need of endurance, for after you've done the will of God, you will receive what is promised. So today as we close and as uh, the guys come out, and we're gonna be closing in a moment just with a time of worship. I just want to encourage every one of you that no matter where you are, 
If you've never been a follower of Jesus and you've wondered about that, today, just as we read in Romans, that the scripture says that Jesus offers you life and peace. Today, you can find that in your life. But even us as believers, we all struggle. And this has been a time of great struggle in all our lives as we have gone through COVID, as we've gone through all the financial, economic, uh, and political, all the different tensions that are in life. And yet, I wanna encourage you as you seek, and maybe many of you have fought, you have found your purpose in life, but I wanna encourage you that there's still a fight to come your way, and that is the fight not only to find, but to keep, but then also to continue. And I just want, as you just bow your heads right now, if you would, and I'm just gonna pray, and I'm gonna ask that today, that if you would love just to receive some prayer, I really feel like that this is really important for people to respond, and this is not for my sake, but I feel like it's that we need to take a step toward saying that I'm gonna stay in the fight. Not that everyone has to come, but if you have struggled in your life, if you're struggling in your life right now with depression, if you're struggling and it almost seems as if your wheels are spinning and you can't really find traction again, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you just to come and to let us pray. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, I release the spirit of encouragement on everyone. In Jesus' name. So if you'd like to say, Mark, I would love to come. Why don't we all stand to our feet right now? And if you want to make it just a step, I'm not asking you to do anything, but just to come. If you want to come and you want to receive some prayer, I just want you to come right now as we close up. But you go ahead and just start singing this song. We're going to pray here in just a moment. If you feel like you really feel defeated, I want you to come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we just invite you here to come. And Father, I pray for a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit over everyone that has come here and over everyone that's even uh, in this room. Father, we pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for those even online that are sitting in their homes and Lord, their own circumstances and situations that they're in. Holy Spirit, we invite you just to come and for there to be a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit over them. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Father, I pray right now for someone that may be listening that has never begun the journey of finding their purpose in Jesus. 
And the Bible just says that if you'll just ask him, he'll come into your life and you can pray a prayer like this. Say, Father, I just come to you. Father, I, I realize that I've, I've done wrong things against you. And I believe that Jesus died for me on a cross. And I ask you to come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. The scripture says that with our mouth we confess, with our heart we believe, and we become born again. So Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song of worship. And then I will come back and close us.
turn it for good Yes you do Always for our good Your heart is so faithful Well I hope you feel encouraged today That no matter what you're facing No matter what the circumstances are I love that scripture That says there out of Genesis Where that song is Is that what the enemy has meant for evil God will take and he will use it for good. God takes all things to work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. You're called. Hey, listen, just before we go, I want to encourage you uh, in our giving. You know, I've just been so blessed to be a part of, of this community and what God has done. One of the areas that, that I have had the privilege to work with a team of people has just been able, what we've been able to do to give to people in the time of COVID, just be able to share in all different types of gift. Uh, this church was a huge blessing to us with somebody here in San Antonio a couple months ago when they did a food drive for us. And uh, we have been able to feed many, 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 many people because of that. And we still got food we're giving away. Uh, and we're so blessed with that. I love the generosity of this community. And, you know, we can do that because, because we sow and because we give. And so there's a couple of different ways in which you can give. Uh, as we talk about that, you can give by mail. Uh, you can see the information there. Uh, you can give online at citytribe.church backslash tithe. Uh, text, or you can give in person at one of our kiosks. And uh, we just want to thank you for your generosity uh, because we get to continue on advancing the kingdom of God in our city. Amen. So we bless you. We thank you. Uh, the ushers will help you exit you out as you go. Uh, enjoy the sun. How about that? Hey, we got a beautiful day. We are thankful for the rain, but I was so glad to see the sun. Y'all have a great day and we'll see you again next week. We're glad you're a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.